We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst and... <coughs> Sorry, just clean my throat. <laughs> Simon Campbell, ready as always, is uh, here. We're going to preview Newcastle um, United. Stoke City this weekend. Very excited. It's uh, the season has turned on its head. It's been a typical Newcastle season. Everyone has been convinced we're getting relegated. Now I'm convinced we're going to win the league um, <laughs> with nothing in between, of course. So yeah, we're, we're getting this preview out early because I've got stuff on later in the week and we're just buzzing to talk about Newcastle. Um, so I, I don't know how many times you've watched the like the Sky Sport. You know Sky Sports is like a half hour highlights package. Yeah. It's absolutely mint, isn't it? <laughs> I got in from work yesterday, uh, well, a meeting yesterday, and then um, just put that in the West Ham game. What a way to spend an hour just watching teams yeah, like Newcastle. I've seen the West Ham highlights four times in the whole <laughs> half hour, like you say. It's fantastic. But you know you know what's weird, Sai? Like, I've, I've been looking at the table, and like, obviously, I think we're mint. <laughs> but, like, we are, in, I think, we're ninth, tenth, ninth. Yeah, we're close, closer to the top of the table than we are the bottom. Only four points off the top of the league. Yeah. You know, Huddersfield. Um, who who have started like the best ever promoter team in history according to some pundits or one more point than we're yeah. <laughs> and they probably didn't deserve to beat we but that's all in the past um, yeah but it's weird because it's like I don't know why I'm so positive and buzzing obviously because of the wins but the last time we won two games in August Cy si, was 2011 <laughs> six years ago I think I don't think the next did, did we win them the next I don't know I think um the Markhams and Fulham are the last two to, w- to win in August in the 11-12 yeah. season. We only started well that one time with Pardew. Yeah. Every other season we were just fi- fighting an uphill battle <laughs> and then we won loads of games in October or whatever it was. So it's just dead nice to be like going into September, well we're in September, um, come to be in September in fact, not shit and not in the relegation zone and obviously it, things can change quickly but we've got two like really winnable games coming up um, against Stoke and Brighton and then, you know, Liverpool will beat them them as well and uh, yeah I'm getting ahead of myself did you, did you enjoy Sunday sorry because I didn't watch a match with you uh, apart from the, the, the hangover I was suffering I, I, <laughs> when we got home from our weekend away I went to sleep right until kick off and <laughs> I was um, watching it through my Xbox and had to wait for a bloody update so I missed the first <laughs> five minutes um, but yeah no I very much enjoyed the game I thought yeah, I, I, it's, I don't know what, what it is about Swansea away you just think this is a game we never win it's well we don't do it yeah. we do we're one in a I think what we, we, we didn't beat them in nine ten. I think it was one all. Andy Carroll got a late goal when yeah. Martinez maybe maybe Martinez was the manager. But I mean, might the, be wrong then. The, they've had good and bad teams over the years. You know, they've had 
um, some really good players. What was that guy, bloke who they signed, the Spanish lad who was mint for like one year? Michu. Michu. They've had ridiculous players like that who just come and make. I've just it's gotten through a lot of seasons, but this season, I think they look a bit shit. And finally, well, we're lucky last season. I mean, yeah. Paul Clement did a good job last season, but I thought they looked pretty poor on Sunday. But yeah, so, so pretty much, and probably as, as soon as the game started, you kind of looked at them on paper and thought, you know what, these aren't very good. There was that lad from uh, Bayern who was terrible. Um, what's his name? Sanchez. Sanchez, well, I'm sure we'll talk about him. I'm sure you'll have talked about his. Oh, I was going to say, we did the podcast, he but did yeah. The podcast, <laughs> yeah, of course, I've listened. Um, I, but it's the first time you've, you've, you've lined up against Swansea. Obviously, you've got Rafa, but, uh, and thought, this isn't going to be the game that's, that you're expecting against Swansea. So, as soon as we started, we started positively. Um, it was just it was fun to watch. Uh, we didn't have that many chances, but we were with a better team in the first half and the better team in the second half. And we you got, haven't been able to say that a lot in the last five years in the Premier League. Yeah, in the Premier League. Well, that, I was going to say to you. <laughs> moving on to the game this weekend, you do the um, match previews for True Faith, which everyone should uh, click on. Always up, I think Thursday normally before a Saturday game. Um, as long as I get me Wednesday reminder. <laughs> yeah, um, very good match previews as well, but. I don't think, and I, I used to do them last season. I don't think between where we've ever predicted anything other than Newcastle winning. <laughs> like it's <laughs> oh, almost where that where like yeah. like poor um, Paul Merson like getting loads of shit from Newcastle fans. There's just some like supernatural being in the universe that's just feeding off our positivity <laughs> and, and making him like rebalance that. Yeah, um, that's obviously bullshit. He's just a fucking idiot. But you know, are we going to win this weekend? Well, yeah, obviously we are. <laughs> I mean, there, there might be the occasional game away at Chelsea where I'll, I'll you know, I'll, you know, pessimistically go for a two-two draw. But uh, yeah, we're going to beat. We're going to beat Stoke. It's they've they've had a decent start. They've they've had some good results. And a very good start, yeah. They've got good players. It's not going to be an easy game, but Rafa's back. We've <laughs> got a team that's, despite all the non the, the shit that's gone on in August, they seem really up for it. All the players seem really positive. Um, We've got competition for places. Shelby didn't get a get a kick. Yeah. On, um, I want to talk about today. that because it's. Um, or do you want to make your other points first? Um, yeah, Gale came on for the last five, and he's not guaranteed to start again. Um, defensively, everyone's playing excellent. That's two clean sheets in a row. You know, it's just even. <laughs> actually, no, Rob Elliott wasn't that good, but he's he's kept two careful, clean sheets. So careful, careful, I know. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Richie. Um, it's it's despite the orgs we had and I think I said this in the this Swansea preview um, if we can just win a couple of games and we've done one it, everything kind of goes away all the shit goes away and even even Rafa might just think you know what forget this is mint and just the fans will be class we just need this one more win I think and maybe it's another point in the next game and then all of a sudden the, the kind of doom and gloom we had just over a week ago just won't be there they say you need 40 points to stay up um, Forget that. <laughs> we're going to get at least fifty. All right. Well, that's, that was what I said at the start of the season. But <laughs> no. But you you need forty points to say up, but you don't. Normally, you need like thirty seven or thirty eight. Well, the um, pulled off that miracle. How many points? Four. Yeah. Five? We we only need thirty four more points from thirty four games. You've got to say from what we've seen so far, yeah. this team is capable of of pulling that off. But back back to your point about competition for places. It's it is class. I mean, you look at the bench: Yedlin, Shelby, Gale, um, Atsu. If, if you'd asked Luke Moosey Castle fans a few weeks ago, or even before the game on Saturday, um, they would all be guaranteed starters. Even yeah. Carl Darlow, you know, you, you, there is definitely the argument to be made. Um, so it's it's it, it's it's like 
obviously we had we had some somewhat competition for for spaces last year, but it's not the Premier League. Yeah, I just even under Pardew, like when is the last time we had competition for places like two thousand and I don't know because going back a long way here, no. I think Glen Rhoda had like no players to use. Soon as his teams were shite. Um, like Robson, like, <laughs> is Robson the last time we had yeah, any right, kind of Robson's the last time Lejeune had, as well, Lejeune. Yeah. I'm forgetting about Lejeune. Robson's the last time we had players like Hugo Viano who were meant to be good but just couldn't get a game. You're right. We haven't. We've never had mint players who don't just get straight in the team sheet. Um, you think when we finished fifth under Pardew, it wasn't because we had it's a deep squad. It's because we got through that season without any injuries and it just everything came to place and. Part of me thinks that we still kind of need that to happen. Yes, we've got a few players on the bench, but a couple of injuries, then we start looking really thin. So we need a bit of a Pardew fifth season in terms of injuries just to get away with it and for this positivity to continue and for us to kind of finish really high up the league, which I think we can with these players. Yeah, so it's interesting. What will Rafa do, as is the title of your special piece? <laughs> um, you know, last season, I remember being in the... It's, it's, it's weird. Where, do we, where did we drink last season for before the trend? Uh, crow's crow's nest. Crow's nest. Was it, it the bar at crow's nest? And um, it was before Cardiff. We Cardiff two one. Very like nondescript game. Um, scored in the first minute. It was like game over, wasn't it? Yeah, two scored. Then Gufran yeah. scored. Um, and I was. I, I think I sent the podcast at the time. There was some bloke at the the bar who'd won like six games in a row or something. Yeah. And the bloke was like, it was me. He was like, I don't care what you say. You don't change a winning team. And like, <laughs> and the bloke was like, but we've just won six games. Like, and that, that was that was always the crack, wasn't it? Like the papers and and fat, some fans were just like the rotation and all this kind of stuff. And it didn't as we got more into the season, we rotated less. It was rare that we named the same team, but we rotated less. Did, I believe did we name the same team? No, we didn't because Atsu wasn't there. Um, basically my question is do you think we're going to start seeing a settled team um, or do you think there genuinely is competition for places where we could turn up the match on Saturday and there are four play- four new players starting like, how, do you see him, how do you see it going I think um, Rafa rewards um, consistency I think he's quite loyal to players so as long as they're performing I don't see him just chopping and changing for the sake of it he's taken Atsu out at the weekend because of the international break he did that regularly so, so will Atsu come back in for Murphy, um, I, I would say yes because Murphy, although he's, he looks a talent and he's definitely got some some pace and some skill, he looked very raw. And to be honest, at home, Atsu's been untouchable, so he kind of has to come back in for me. Not that's not um, to say that Murphy isn't isn't good and, and should still be you know getting getting some playing time. I'd like to see him make an impact in the last thirty minutes rather than maybe start the game just because I think he's got more to offer at the minute given his kind of. Is is he's, I'd I'd call him an unfinished product, um, so yeah, Atsu for me comes back in not not because Murphy played badly but because he's been so good. Yeah, let, 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 I'd, I'd rather be a little bit more honest. I thought I thought Murphy did all right, but he didn't play well. Yeah, he did all right, did nothing wrong, and you'll get better. And it's nice. I'm no, pleased that he's he's got that first team experience. But I, I would be I would be very disappointed if at three o'clock. Christian Atsu wasn't playing because yeah. he's one of our best players or yeah. has been so far this season absolutely absolutely. Murphy showed some signs his decision making was poor which is what you'd expect from a is he 19 20 um, he's just he wasn't he hasn't quite got got to grips with Premier League football got, got like, fucked by the ref a couple of times as well yeah. in the corner but what's new um, yeah absolutely Atsu for me comes back in and Atsu comes back in you know shall, it's one of those things isn't it like I, I would just 
I would wake up on Saturday morning a happy, happy man if I knew Marino and Shelby were going to be starting a, a game together. <laughs> but it's like, can you see it? Can you see him getting away from the two holding players? I mean, obviously, he played Shelby and callback Shelby and Hayden um, a lot last season. But I don't know. It's 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 almost nice to be having this conversation yeah. and just be so much potential <coughs> and so many combinations that we don't know about and want to see. You know, I think um, I think Mankio has been excellent, but I I wouldn't mind seeing Yedlin in that pace. I mean, Stoke. We've, we've got the um, two conversations later on with you. I forgot to say we've got um, An- Anthony, editor of Duck Fanzine, and then we've got uh, Martin, journalist for the Stoke Sentinel. We'll have a chat with them before that's on at the end of the show. Two different um, pers- but similar perspectives of uh, Stoke City in the match this weekend. They're both convinced that, that Stoke are going to be playing 3-5-2. Um, Gary Monk, not Gary Monk, not that prick. Um, oh, what's his name? Paul Clement. Uh, he has played uh, three at the back all season. One at Crystal Palace playing it. Newcastle come to town and I think that most likely he changed his formation to four at the back because whether he thought Rafa would be able to pierce that or, or whatever his reason was he changed it yeah. they're going to be playing 3-5-2 therefore I mean they've got Duf who's a striker playing at right right full back or wing back um, Yedlin for me I don't know who plays on the other side I think it might be Peters but Yedlin for me he's got a, potentially would be a, a really good um, player to exploit their their system yeah, Peters was, he's the bloke they tried to sign about 10 years ago wasn't he you must be getting on so yeah we've got <laughs> Yedlin's pace over there. Though. I don't know if it was ten years ago, but yeah, I know what you mean. I think it was like five years ago. <laughs> well, still, <laughs> he's not. He's not. Wasn't a young lad at the time, though. So I suppose that it's just like thinking out loud here, isn't it? Like it's we're thinking of all the possibilities, and I'm desperate to see Lejeune play, but then you can't. You know, Lascelles and Clark, there's, there's two, no two, clean, clean two clean sheets yeah. in a row. How do you change that? I don't think he changes the back four at all from that. From that. Well, really, because and Bemba, that was my next one. And Bemba reported by the Chronicle could be back in contention. It was. Fucking brilliant against West Ham at left oh, back. It was three months out last week. Wasn't oh, no. It? Like, um, no, I, I can't see. I can't see the back four changing, back five changing. Um, that's not Rafa's thing to just uh, unless there's a specific threat. Because I think he did it a couple of times last season where he just randomly put Mbemba back in, presumably to deal with some sort of aerial threat or to deal with something. Um, <laughs> Don't think it would be an aerial threat, but yeah, go on. No, you know what I mean. Or maybe you wanted someone who could bring the ball out a bit yeah. quicker. Um, it was more like yeah. You saw ourselves come into games when, when he'd been dropped as soon as we needed a scenario presence. Uh, so the only changes you'll you'll make to this team for me will be for a very good reason, not just be to to rotate the squad as, as was always kind of the the buzzword this time last year. I don't think he rotates the squad. I think he picks players on form and merit, and then you'll look at is there any particular threats we have to deal with or any particular weaknesses we can exploit. He's just he's just a good manager man. <laughs> We were just saying, I mean, you make the point, it was your point, about the bottom of the championship. Yeah, of course. So you have, look, look, look at the championship table. Um, I'll, I'll bring it up. But you've got Villa down there. You've got, yes. <laughs> you've got the Mackhams even further down there. Get in. Norwich, I think. Or somewhere, Get in. Somewhere in the middle. Like All three of them. All my favourite teams. <laughs> all three of them have come down. Um, well, Norwich and Villa with us. And they're, they're no better off. They've spent loads of money, all three of them. And none of them have had. The, the Magnums haven't spent any money. They haven't yeah. got any. But yes, Villa, I mean, Villa and Norwich have. Yeah, I mean, Steve Bruce isn't the worst manager, but he's still he's still struggling. Like this is what it could have been if we didn't have Rafa. Like if yeah. you, if you were under any any question about which people listen to this on, but yeah, no, I know. But 
I, I, I'll never understand anyone who doesn't see him and how Mike Ashley hasn't looked at that. Yeah. Look at the look at the championship table and look what happens when you don't have Rafa. Like, give the man everything he wants. It's yeah. ridiculous. It is crazy though, isn't it? And if if we're going to win this weekend, it's just like the the mood on. Well, not not yes on Tyneside, but around the world for only Castle fans yeah. would just be like, the last time they won three in a row was 2014 under Pardew. Um, when we be, well, I was part of that five game winning streak but the uh, the three in a row were I believe I think it was Liverpool West Brom and QPR without, without conceding um, I then travelled to West Ham with Ben to see we put in one of the shittest performances I've ever seen <laughs> to an Allardyce inspired West Ham um, but yeah like, it's just been so long since we've won the three in a row in the Premier League it kind of doesn't happen that often and it's what a, what a great chance it'd be, it would be so Newcastle United to lose this weekend wouldn't it and it, like if we were to lose the week, it wouldn't make with shit, or wouldn't you know, wouldn't dampen my total enthusiasm about this this group yeah. that we we'll have these set of players. But it would just be so like us, and you know, it, it, I'm kind of echoing my thoughts from last season. Last season at home, or did we did we win a single game at home after conceding the first goal? I can't think of one. I can't think of any. The pattern we just we were really poor. Yeah, reacting. when we conceded the first goal at home. And I think in a lot of games, but Brighton kind of put paid to that one when we went at Brighton yeah. after going behind. So that that's amongst all this positivity, that's still my fear that we'll concede um, early or we'll concede at all first. Yeah. And getting back into the game is a real tough one. Or do you think, Sai, that the way that we pressed West Ham um, and we're on the front foot, even though we didn't have loads of the ball, do you think that the way that the team managed to win possession back so easily off, off the likes of West Ham in the last home game means that we are potentially better suited to come back from behind? Um, I, th- I think that's possible. I think that's very much a, a confidence thing. Ruff is obviously building the confidence of these players again as, as Premier League players and they looked a little bit nervous against Tottenham then they came into the game they looked nervous at Huddersfield just because the, the, the stadium was bouncing and they were really, really high pressing high on us and Rafa's slowly kind of turning that round saying look lads you, 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 nothing to worry about and that came out in West Ham we started to play with loads of confidence when when Perez has come back in the midfield and nicking the ball off off their I can't remember who was playing for West Ham in the midfield off their midfielders and then you know we've got the ball in their half and as you say it was it was we weren't passing it around we were just getting getting straight to the point going to run an attack um, as has been the case all season we've not had any possession really we've been very productive with possession Uh yeah, look at well, the counter-attacking football suits us at the minute. We've got a lot of pace. We've added to it. That's that's all we've got really. Since we haven't got in the the twenty-goal striker, it is these counter-attacks. We'll have breaks. Man. We'll have money. Score fast, Lou. He should have scored against Swansea. Another brilliant save. I wouldn't say he should have scored. Like it was that's a fucking a brilliant great, header great and an even better save. save. But yeah. Um, but yeah, because we don't have uh, this. <laughs> all right, Hustle might. <laughs> but you don't think you don't think we did when the transfer window closed. We've got we've got to get these breaks and we've got to get players involved in chipping in with goals. Yes, and like I mean back to selection, Rafa knows best. I just I would just love to see um Yedlin for his pace. Um I think I would bring Umbemba back at left back. I thought Gomez did, did well. Played well, better than okay, played well. So it's great that he can come play at this level. Um so that that was fine. I thought it was actually Gamers. I thought it was really refreshing to see a defender for someone who's never played for really. When he got the ball, he wasn't looking to offload it quickly. He was yeah. taking the forward twenty yards and then finding a pass. That may or may not be what Rafa wants him to do, but I thought he yeah. looked very comfortable and composed. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I suppose I'd like I'd like to see Edlin. I'd like to see Shelby, um, and maybe nah. I, I would Modiame maybe number ten, but most likely um, he's going to stick with Presley, who you know has had a good he's had a good run in the side, but. Whatever happens on Saturday, there are options from the bench, isn't yeah. it? If things aren't going well, or if we go behind, we can change it up. Um, so you know, there's plenty. There's plenty to be positive about. I don't think we should write off Stoke completely. Sorry, results this season: a very slim one 0 defeat at Everton yeah. opening day. They didn't really create many chances, but they could have got something from the game in the last minute. Um, beat Arsenal with like twenty-seven percent possession. Um, something that we probably try and do against Liverpool. I'd imagine. Um, beat Arsenal. Drew with Man United, ended Man United's 100% record, and uh, got a credible 1-1 draw with uh, West Brom, and were probably probably the better team, not that there was much in it that game. Um, so that's quite a hard start, isn't it? You know, that's like all top 10 teams, the face from last season, and they've picked up five points, only one defeat, um, not many not many goals conceded, so yeah. it's, not, it's definitely not going to be easy. No, and it's not, and, and to be honest, I mean... It's the Premier League. You can easily lose games like this. It's a it's a it's a quality league. I know there's a there's a there's almost two leagues in it because there's the top six and then there's the rest. But no one there's no bad teams in the Premier League. There's lots of average teams, and we're we're one of them on paper. Palace look bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I know goals and fours is is kind of shocking. Um, I, I, yeah, you can't you can't un- underestimate anyone like. It happened at Huddersfield. We thought we were just going to walk all over them, and they put in a spirited performance. And it was a close game, and this will be another one. You know, in close games, can be nicked by goals. It can be nicked by very good goals, like Aaron Moy. It's it's not guaranteed win, but I just think we've got the momentum, and we've got Rafa coming back, and I think there'll be there'll be a good atmosphere in the stadium because once again we've got a point to prove about about how we feel about Rafa Benitez. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope the atmosphere. I think it will be. Um, I think it'll be really good. It was excellent against West Ham. Yeah. Not not just the the usual places as well. The whole stadium was was superb. Um, you know, I'm just buzzing for it. Like the West Ham game was so good. I just can't wait for Saturday. I know. Not often, even well, I suppose last year, but not often now we've said that. I mean, we we did the podcast for what two years before Rafa came in, two seasons. Yeah. Um, and we we're just dead negative all the time, <laughs> and dead miserable. Uh, but. I just think that I think I'll take I'll take a draw now, keep it going because I think Stoke are a decent side. They're very big and they're very direct, and that's what probably what we need to be moving forwards in, in you know a year or two's time. But their their physical presence worries me a little bit, and what we need to do. And we saw this on one of the best things about Sunday and West Ham before that, but but not West Ham as I'm going to go into. We didn't do anything cataclysmic. There, yeah. were, there were no catastrophic errors there. There were against West Ham because the fucking centre forward went and elbowed a bloke in the head for literally no reason. <laughs> so like that didn't. We're very lucky that didn't affect the flow of the game. But on so you know you had like you had Huddersfield bad performance and we gave a really poor goal even though it was a, a great strike. Um, Spurs, Shelby, West Ham, Mitrovic. There was none of that on uh, on Sunday. So more of the same of that, more of the you know let let the opposition beat us rather than kind of doing things to you know absolutely screw ourselves over. We will be okay in a lot of games, and then yeah. you've got the opposition as well. Uh, is it <coughs> sorry the last players to be sent off at St James's? I believe was Stoke at home in twenty thirteen. That might be wrong. I've just kind of worked that out in my head. 
<laughs> but a lot has a lot has changed in Newcastle in like in in the world since then. So it'd be nice to see another player sent off for a change. Uh, um, I don't know if that's. I, I can't think of any, but it's because the Stoke one was so vividly memorable. It was Boxing Day. There was two sending offs. It was it was that season that it was the last man sent off against her Norwich only a couple of months later. Yeah. So I think that might be it, uh, which is absolutely mental. But um, one one player who absolutely needs to be sent off and banned and and never play football again is Matt Ritchie. Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, at the time I was saying, "No, that's a high foot," but I wasn't thinking, "Oh shit, this is a red card." <laughs> so in real time, I was. It's because as the ball comes over. You know Matt Ritchie's eyes are only on the ball and he's, he's lifted his leg up, looking for the ball. Almost his leg... Sorry, he kicked him in the arm. <laughs> he has kicked him in the fucking arm. His, his leg's up Monster. Before, before the defender gets there, so the defender hoys himself in towards his foot. I don't know. I'm obviously being a bit biased, but... Yeah, think, man. The, the, it was never a red card in a million years. The, the, I love the way that like literally something happens to a player from a top-four team and the laws of the game have changed. Yeah. Everything has changed. You know, Ian Wright... You know, Mane and Liverpool count themselves dead unlucky there. Literally flying into a bloke's face with your boot, cutting like cutting his face up <laughs> so that the bloke needs several massive stitches to hold his cheek in place. Compared to Matt Ritchie kicking a bloke in the in the arm, <laughs> like and it was a yellow card. He got a yellow card, and I suppose I suppose the the real issue is just the fact that he turned on Sky Sports News yesterday on Monday, and it was just like the the big story wasn't Newcastle winning. The big story wasn't, um, you know, the the performance of Jamal Lascelles or Rafa not being there. It was, you know, the presenters basically went, Newcastle walks away with their first away win of the season yesterday, but should Matt Ritchie have been sent off? <laughs> like, fuck off. You could do that. For, if you wanted to go through every game and pick out yellows that might have been reds, I've never seen it happen before like that. Yeah. Essentially, Newcastle didn't win. The, the only time it's, it's remotely spoken about or, or highlighted in Newcastle match at the moment is if... <laughs> Is if we get beat, um, why? Why do you think that is? I, I mean, I th- we've always had issues with sections of the media, but why? Why, why do they hate us so much? I, d- I don't think. I don't think journalists or anyone in in the league likes coming up here. I think if Newcastle went in the league, it's Sunderland. Like, don't, Sunderland don't get this. Yeah. People ignored some. You know, people ignored the the, the paedophile for the, the, for yeah, years. The the fact that they suspended a paedophile because he was a paedophile, yeah. and then were like, "Oh, we're shit. We, we might get relegated. We'll we'll bring him back in." That was <laughs> largely ignored. But Matt Ritchie kicks a bloke in the arm. Yeah, for most teams in the Premier League, the Sunderland are just like six points, so yeah. they can <laughs> linger around as well. Whenever we're in the in the Premier League, um, we're we're, we're a te- It's a difficult game, and and people don't like coming here. And I think. We upset the balance in the 90s, we did it again in the early 2000s, and people just don't like a, a non-London or Manchester club being being good. I, I don't know if it's jealousy, I don't know. There's definitely something out there. Over the years we've thought, that's oh, a bit conspiracy theory, isn't it? But that's the, the thing longer I, you witness it, you realise there definitely is an agenda I, I against tr- Newcastle, and it, it's it's sad and it, it's hard to explain why, but I think it's 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 that. It's it's, it's where we are in the, in the country. Like, I try not to buy into that and... You know, like last season, I, I do think sometimes, and we're probably just as bad for it, but sections of the fan base in the me- local media do sensationalise a little bit regarding, you know, they were like the, the two when the Madley brothers were given games, it was like he supports Huddersfield, and yeah. like it, it, it was never, re- it was they were never going to do anything, you know, that the two professional referees refereeing yeah. at a high level, you could call them shit refs, which one of them definitely is, and <laughs> um, they, they were never going to try and get Huddersfield promoted. 
do you know what I mean? It was just mental. Yeah. And as it happens, we won both games. Yeah. But uh, there is just there is something about the media coverage this season. You know, mentioned Paul Paul Merson as a joke. I mean, it's like you know probably every club's got this issue with them. But saying against Spurs, it was going to be a cricket score. Well, I'll tell you what, Everton seemed to do far worse against Spurs than we did with eleven men. Um, you know, there's no point even going into it with with that idiot. But I mean, for stuff like that, I, I, I don't think that's that's him deliberately putting us down. I think he just doesn't. But he know. said he wouldn't get promoted last season. Yeah. <laughs> like, he said he Rafa wouldn't be. Here's Paul Merson's rap sheet. Wouldn't get promoted last season. Rafa wouldn't be here at the start of the season. Would lose all our games so far. <laughs> this is a bloke who just doesn't do his research. Doesn't know anything about football. Or alternatively, he's been told to say silly things to make good television. I don't know. But I, I, he comes across as just he just doesn't know anything about Newcastle. This is the problem. Like it's it's too far away for them to think about and to to <laughs> too far away from them to think about. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> My mind doesn't go that far. It's too far north. <laughs> With the last ones on match of the day, you know, people people just don't know enough about Newcastle, which for me is a good thing. But yeah, I, I, I I'm not sure about that side, but we'll have to agree <laughs> to disagree. Um, but it, it is frustrating anyway, and to. For for paid members of the media to be going on about Matt Ritchie kicking a bloke in the arm and saying it should have been a red card just because a top four player got a red card for slicing a bloke's face off. The, 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 yeah, the 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 um the post who who I don't know who it was interviewed Matt Ritchie after the game and say was it the was it the Swansea defender's reaction that that saved your bacon then? He's like, well, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, yeah, why? So the, the, Swansea, that, defender, the, the, Swansea, the Swansea defender, the Swansea defender was like, ow. Yeah, the defender whose face was not contacted by yeah. Matt Ritchie's <laughs> tiny boots because we, we they are tiny boots, very, but yeah, very yeah. Small feet. We gave him what he gave, Matt Ritchie very kindly gave her his football boots um, for the Gallagher flags quiz in I think it was the second one we did. Yeah. But anyway, size six, size <laughs> six. He gets so much power in such small feet. There's no way he's doing any damage to anyone's face with those boots. But yeah, <laughs> so that the bloke hasn't hit the deck. And again, they were saying that Matt Ritchie needs to be dead thankful that that hasn't happened. And so well, he, why would he hit the deck? It's it's yeah. I, it was annoying to to have to listen to that after, as you say, it was an excellent win. And that's what people should be talking about. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure our lads just got kicked in the head for fun last year in the championship. Yeah. Didn't get fouls. Probably got. I think Kieran Clark got kicked in the head and forced away and scored. And <laughs> we got a, had a free kick given against them. <laughs> um, the championship. Eh? We don't miss it, <laughs> uh, particularly when we're winning. So, sigh. We've kind of um, gone through most of the stuff we wanted to. Um, can you give us your official prediction for the for the match on Saturday? Uh, official prediction. Yeah. Um, I expect to see the same one in. i say I ri- remember to write it down. Written form um, for the match preview on True Faith. Two uh, nil. Two nil Newcastle. Defensively, we're looking so good. I just don't, I don't see people scoring against with. It's a good point. It's it's like they're not even having chances, are they really? No. Nah. Like last, even Huddersfield. Even Spurs with eleven men, yeah. can you say well, up? Tammy Abraham would be the only one I'd say where he should have scored when the a member of the opposition in all four games eleven v eleven. I know that's very me hand picking there because just ignoring the red card, but still eleven v eleven. There have been very few occasions, if any, where you'd think they're going to score here, born out of their good play. Yeah, in, in four games, Abraham would be the only one. In four games, Rob Elliott's made I think three saves. Yeah, in in total, and then the Sells has had that goal line clearance. That's about it. Like, I mean, there was that Kieran Clark chance against West Ham, but but Elliot should have done better there. But mm. you're right, Robert. I think you made three saves. One of them's going wide, but we'll call it three saves against Swansea. He made that one against West Ham. Yeah. Um, none against Huddersfield because they didn't have any shots really, apart from that goal, which was an excellent goal. He, he couldn't really do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm getting more excited now. We're definitely keeping a clean sheet. Um, Stokes have a really bad record at St James's as well. Not that these things are tremendously important, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll I'll go. I reckon it'll be. Go on, you, you convinced us. I was going to say we can't just keep winning games like, <laughs> but even though there's going to be two in a row. Um, but it would be such a Newcastle thing to not win this game. Um, just like you know Bristol City last in Fulham last season, you know after going and winning those like, th- well, beating Brighton and Huddersfield, um, to go and lose to get done three one at home yeah. by Fulham who missed a pen. But uh, you know, go on side. I'll go one nil. I'll think, and I think one nil with like no shots on target for either side. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Hosselu against his old team. Well, it's scoring like yeah, it'll be like an own goal. You'll you'll whack it in off someone's yeah. defender's knee or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't really be a football fan if you're going into a game at home against Stoke and you don't think your team can win. So, <laughs> Steve McLaren's Newcastle battered Stoke and Jack Butland like put in a worldy performance to. <laughs> To keep them out, so that will make it even more disappointing when we get beat on Saturday. Yeah. Um, only joking. Uh, I think we'll win, and I think we're done, Si. Aye, yeah. Thanks very much for listening. I really appreciate the the lads who left or losses, who left uh, positive reviews on iTunes um, after me shout out the other day, uh, and all the people who retweeted the other podcasts. Um, we'll be back with you probably Sunday, um, depending on what we've got on after the match for the long podcast, and then. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have the Brighton preview. It's uh, I'm sure you all know the uh, the the score by now. Thanks very much for listening. I'm going to leave you now with my chats with uh, the two Stoke fans um, from the Doug Fanzine and from the Stoke Sentinel newspaper. Uh, I hope you enjoy them, and we will speak to you hopefully after a win on Saturday. Joined on the line now by uh, Anthony from uh, Doug Fanzine, which is uh, Stoke City's, I presume, in Premier Fanzine, Anthony. Faith is loads better than the mag. Just don't, don't want to leave anyone with any doubts there. But anyway, um, on that, um, obviously, are you coming up to Newcastle this weekend? No, it's um, basically the, 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 the university season for me. Kind of my daughter, she's seventeen and she's going all over the all over the place, like checking universities. And, and, and in fairness, I owe her a little bit of time, uh, <laughs> a lot of time with me, my youngest lad who, who, who plays football uh, at the academy. So. Uh, I'm taking her to Nottingham on, on Saturday, but so, you know a, a few of the lads from Duck are coming up, and loads of lads I know uh, coming up for the weekend actually as well. You know, oh, it's yeah. a great city, Newcastle, so they're going to make the most of it. Nice one. I mean, the season so far seems to have gone quite well. Pretty tight games. I mean, you only lost the one game, which was the opening day, and that was only one nil. So is it, is it fair to say um, happy enough? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple of months ago, if you'd have asked us, we'd have probably said. You know, we'd have been looking at you know glass half uh, empty scenario. We uh, we didn't have a very good season last year. I mean, we got we finished thirteenth, but you know, it's where we finish is you know at the end of the day doesn't say on your honours list that you know you finish thirteenth or whatever. It was a very very beige season. We we played kind of very beige football, and uh, you know we lost on Outovich in the summer, um, who was you know our best attacking player, and also we you know Martin Zindi who was our best defender last year. 
uh, we didn't sign him after he was on loan all year. So yeah, there's quite a few people who were kind of pessimistic about the season. But in fairness to Mark Hughes, he's uh, he's been pretty courageous in the summer. He's uh, he's kind of totally tore up what he what he was been doing for the last eighteen months. And we we changed formation. You know, brought a few players in. I still think we're a little bit short, but you know, every club in the country is going to say that. And it's, it's, it's kind of take this pleasantly by surprise, to be honest. Um, but you know, we played two, two, you know, two big teams at home: Arsenal and, and Man United. Done well, uh, four points. You know, the but you know, the true test for us is and where we're going to finish. What kind of season we're going to have is against teams who are around us and perhaps teams who are not expected to beat and who won't come at us from the off. So, so yeah, Saturday's going to be a very interesting game, to be honest. You mentioned um, last season not being so good, and looking at the the, the coverage of Stoke from afar, yeah. from a, you know a long way afar, because we're in a division below. Um, there was there seemed to be suggestions that um, some sections of the support were unhappy with Mark Hughes. Any truth in that, or do you reckon it was just media exaggeration? No, no, no. I, I, you know, people weren't happy. You know, there was no open revolt or, or even chance in a way, but. You know, sometimes you know, you know, supporting Newcastle, and uh, you know, it's apathy that kills football clubs. Yeah. You know, not not the other way around. You know, not, the, the opposite of love isn't hate. It, it's apathy. So, yeah, it was kind of that kind of you know, walk away from the ground with your hands and your in your coat pocket, shrug your shoulders, and off you go, kind of thing. And uh, well, people didn't want him out particularly, and they, there was no voices, dissenting voices, to say it. You know, a lot of people weren't happy with uh, you know, kind of how we played. Um, but the, the talent we had in the squad and the, the golden trio of you know Bojan, Shakiri, and Aljovic, a lot of clubs had you know would quite willingly have in their team. We didn't kind of get the best out of them. But you know at the end of the day, myself and the fans, we didn't we didn't want him out. Uh, we just wanted him to, like most managers, just learn from your lessons. You know, learn learn your lessons and then improve the team and you know and give us something. You know, you know it's like going to the going to the ground. You've got to have a bit of hope in your heart. You know, you know not that you're going to win, but just the fact you're going to be. And not even entertained. You're going to have a team who's going to battle for the stripes, be them black and white or red and white. And uh, fair play to the manager. He's, he's kind of turned it round uh, in the space of uh, four or five matches. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. I suppose you mentioned the the summer that you had, um, and obviously losing a 24 million pound player um, is you know like you say, if, if the money isn't immediately re- reinvested, I suppose it can feel a little bit like, well, what was the point in that? Do you, do you think it was the right decision by the club to move him on? Because I think he'd, he'd suggested that he he was looking to be away. Yeah, he, he wanted to go. You know, he, 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 a motor player wants to go from a club like Stoke City. You'll, you know, you get what you can for him. Um, that's just the law. You know, the law of football at the minute. Law of the land. Very on to teams who are you know in that. If you're not in the top four or five, that's how it is. And uh, you know, the fact that we've been very bitter as a support about how he. How he left us shows us that you know he was he was a really good player for us. No two ways about it. People can moan all they like about him being a snake, or uh-huh. you know we we've had our say on this and we don't like him. And when he comes back on the 16th of December, it's going to be a hell of a hell of an atmosphere when he walks on the pitch. But you know that just proves that he was a, he was a good player for us. And uh, you know if he wasn't a good player, no one would have cared about it to be honest. So, yeah. but we got we got a decent price for him um, everything's inflated nowadays if some people wanted more but I think we got you know we got what we can actually invest in two or three players and, uh, and probably improve the team as, as a whole to be honest and what he's done the manager is he's probably concentrated on improving the back uh, in, well the back three now um, whereas we've been a bit, little bit of a, a soft 
touch in, in recent seasons, not the big bad Stoke under Tony Pulis. We've been lacking threes and fours and on a regular basis. Very interesting. And you mentioned the two home results um, against you know the two of the top five mm. from last season, probably top five again this season. And uh, you also mentioned um, the uh, the away you know the away point at West Brom was a good point. That's the only time I've seen Stoke play this season. Yeah. Do you think that was a fair? You know, do you think that kind of um, I, I, there was very few chances in the game. Um, yeah. Stoke, pro- Stoke probably had the better, I thought, the better chances. But it w- do you think that's Mark Hughes's um, plan this season to get you back on track, like strong at home, and you'll you'll be kind of dogged away? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it was brilliant planning by Sky to be honest to put us on. You know, I think it was about six or seven hours after the Joshua, uh, after <laughs> the McGregor fight. You know, people stayed up till five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock. What better than to watch West Brom against Stoke <laughs> to, to give you a bit of, you know, send you back to sleep kind of thing. Uh, it wasn't the greatest match on earth, but you know Tony Pulis has, has had the Indian side over since he's gone to West Brom, and uh, of all the results this season, that possibly may be the most significant that against the team who, I mean, only only one team played really any football on the day. We weren't brilliant, but at least we tried to play a little bit. Um, last year and the year before, we'd have lost it. We'd have lost it one nil. So to come back away, you know what it's like. Uh, Alex, I mean, you go away for a moment, whatever division you're on, you're one nil down with 50 minutes to go, a draw, you know, a point's a great yeah, result. Uh, so, yeah, it, you know, it just showed perhaps you've got a little bit of the, uh, the, not team spirit, but the mentality of, you know, never say die. And the big signing for me has been Darren Fletcher. He's been outstanding since he's come to us and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's replaced the likes of Walters and Whelan um, with regards to leadership on the pitch as well. So he, he's been brilliant for us, to be honest. Very interesting. And this turn of the game this weekend, how should Newcastle fans expect Stoke to line up? Is it a four at the back, three at the back? What, what does Hughes go for these days? Oh, no, you see, I mean, there's no secret that we've gone three at the back uh, in the matches so far. Um, who the three at the back will be, we really don't know with regards to the, I mean, Cameron. Jeff Cameron got injured Saturday. Ryan Shawcross was already out injured. You know, the, but we got. Uh, Zuma, who's been absolute man mounting for us, and uh, you see why Chelsea gave him a seven-year contract. Yeah. I think uh, you know Zuma, Zimmer, who we've just signed from Spurs, uh, and Bruno Martins, Indy, who was, like I said, our best defender last year. So he, he, even if the other two are injured, he, he could go with those uh, those three at the back. I mean, we've got Jufu, who's a centre forward who plays right wing back, um, <laughs> who I'm convinced one day he'll score from 35 yards by trying to control it. But he's he's just one of them players who's got, got tons of energy, and he's very unconventional. And uh, he had a cracking game Saturday. On the other side, Peters. I, I think if you're going to get at us, I think it'll be the space behind the fullbacks. Possibly you might you know you might invite us on a little bit onto you, and then break and hit us behind where the fullbacks have pushed on. But I, I don't see us going forward at the back unless unless we've got another injury or so, and we go go to a, a back four again. To be honest. That's interesting what you said there about um, whether we let you take control because the games against uh, West Ham and Swansea were we did that we, we allowed the opposition to have possession yeah. and I mean West Ham if you saw it was an incredibly comfortable win it was it could it should have really been a lot more than the three um, but West Ham had sixty four percent possession or something like that so I was yeah. wondering this weekend and, and me and Sai have been talking um, about whether you know whether you you whether Stoke will come and try to capitalise on, on the ball and, and, and take control of the game or, or will Mark Hughes think no hang on this is exactly what Newcastle want us to do mm. um, how do you see it going or is it, or is it just a wait and t- see it on Saturday uh, 
I don't know. I think it's uh, we the two home games we've had, we've we've given uh, the opposition the ball basically, and then, and then broke on them uh, at home. But then the two away games, we've we, you know Everton away, even we dominated possession for large periods. Uh, so I. Uh, I think it'd be reasonably. I don't know. I mean, you never know in Newcastle. You, you know, it says it's a it's a cliche, but you know, keeping the crowd out for you know, down for twenty minutes is a is a big thing up there. Um, I think I mean, first the team who scores first, I'm pretty sure will win on Saturday. I don't think there'll be a massive amount of goals, but then again, I, I said before the game on Saturday against Man United that you know I couldn't see us scoring two goals. We mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't see many goals in our in our team to be honest, and yet. Uh, you know, we put three past United in Arsenal in a couple of games and made a few other bits and bobs. But I think I, th- I think we'll we'll play pretty cagey, I would imagine, sadly to start off with. Anyway, to be honest, uh, I think the team will be very similar to what what was on the pitch last Saturday, depending on the injuries at the back. And uh, like I say, you know, I think we'll we'll come and try to nick it one 0 Like we're a lot more open than we used to be, <laughs> we're a lot more attractive than we used to be. But you know, we're not a gung ho team. Uh, I just think we've got to, um, like you say, we'll, we'll go keep try to keep the quiet, the, you know, the quiet of the crowd out of the game for 20 minutes and whatever. But wasn't a brilliant results for us on Sunday. You winning, um, to be honest, and Rafa coming back as well. <laughs> uh, you know, as soon as he walks down the tunnel, you know, the crowd will be going anyway, quite rightly, because he's an absolute gentleman. And to be honest, he's one of them blokes who I'd love Stoke uh, to have as a manager one day. He's just an absolute gentleman, that bloke. Yes, so, uh, yeah, I think, I, think, I think it'd be cagey. I'd, I'd, I'd settle for a point, Saturday, to be honest. Well, that was going to be my next and final question, is uh, how, how do you see it going? Um, um, do you, do you, will you settle for a point, or do you think it will be a draw? Uh, I'd settle for a point. Any away game in this league, I mean, you, you know, you... You set off for a point. I mean, if you can, you know, next three, then it you know make, makes a good weekend a great weekend. It's a long way to come back with no points. That is for sure. Many times I've been up to Newcastle and uh, and uh, come back with absolutely zero. And uh, so, I, yeah, I mean, people say, well, these are the kind of teams we need to be going up and, and they're beating or whatever. Well, according to the league table, it's not because you're above us at the minute. But you know, you've had a good win. The manager's coming back. You got some good players. Um, Mechie I've always rated since he was at Bournemouth I've always thought he's a really decent player and uh, yeah I, I, I'll go for one all uh, I'll go for one all Saturday I think you go one nil up and crouch crouch to come on who uh, nod one in at the far post as he normally does <laughs> I was going to say I think 2015 or something I think Crouch scored in the 92nd minute he did when John yeah, Carver was uh, manager uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a Sunday wasn't it um, yeah yeah, and then someone chucked a program on the pitch, don't they? And John Walters picked it up and read it. <laughs> um, so no, it's always a, it's a tricky game up there. Uh, we've had the Martin Atkinson game where he sent a couple <laughs> of hours off. I remember it uh, well. I remember it well. Yeah, and I mean, the, my my lasting memory was going up on I think it was Easter Monday. I'm pretty sure Mickey Quinn scored a hat trick for you, and you won three 0 It was a year. I'm sure you were promoted, and we went down. In fact, we were relegated that day. Uh, and it was, all I remember, it was freezing cold, absolutely freezing. We were stood on uh, the Leeds end, the open terrace end. Yeah. Behind the gold, about maybe about four or five hundred hours maximum. And just to start, we were freezing in coats and just to sign, the sign of your main stand, we were just all in t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and pouring absolute scorn on our, our team, we were absolutely dreadful. And then some lads got a bottle of whiskey onto the coach on the way back which made the journey go a little bit quicker but uh, <laughs> no, we great city but we haven't got massive, massively brilliant memories of going up to Newcastle to be honest with regards to getting any points 
Well, so, yeah, I hope I'll it, take the point. I hope it stays that way, but I uh, wish you all the best the rest of the season, Andy, and thanks for coming on. Cheers, mate. Absolute pleasure. All the best, mate. So we're joined on the line now by Martin Spinks, who is... Uh, well, Martin, uh, Martin, you can tell us yourself. Are you the Stoke City correspondent for the for the paper down there, the Sentinel? That sounds good enough to me, yeah. That so, sounds about right. <laughs> um, so obviously, I presume you, you, you'll be at the game this weekend. Um, are you yep. travelling up? Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely looking forward to it. It's been a couple of seasons, obviously. Always like going to St James's Park. And I understand there's even food for the press now, so <laughs> even, more, even more reason to come up. Oh, it'll never last. Um, <laughs> depends what you're right. Uh, yeah. So, what my first question for you, I think, as a as a journalist covering Stoke from a Newcastle perspective, is what on earth happened with Hosselu? Because it's it's only been two games, but what what are two games <laughs> for Newcastle? He's been fantastic. Sounds like he's blown you away. Um, he never quite had that effect on us. He had his moments, but um, he and his supporters would say he didn't really get a fair crack. Um, we're talking about not last season because he was out on loan at Deportivo but the season before which is his first year at Stoke and he came into a, what should have been a friendly environment for him um, Boyan was there and doing really well Mark Moniesta another Spaniard so everything was set up for him my own feeling was that as technically gifted as he was and the guy can obviously play I just thought the physical elements not not just the rough and tumble but the the physical endurance as well he found that hard I think whether he's come back a different player after a year we only saw a glimpse of him in the summer um, scored a couple of goals actually um, at um, where was it Bolton um, came off the bench and you suddenly thought well he may get a second chance here but he'd already made his mind that he wanted to leave he knew the manager had lost faith in him uh, and clearly he had so I think it was best all around that he moved on and Oh, imagine, you can't believe his luck that he's ended up at a club like Newcastle and obviously under a manager that knows him. Yeah, I mean, for for, for us to, I think we said on the podcast the other day that there's just no way we would have thought anyone would be keeping Dwight Gale out the side at the start of the season. Mm. And he's, he is doing that, he's, he's ahead of him on merit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on against against the, the players, obviously, who know him quite well um, from Stoke. And, uh, well, so, he'll, he'll be fired up, he'll have a point to prove, there's no doubt about that. So, um, if anything, uh, well, I don't know what his temperament's like, really, but if anything, he'll have to be restrained a bit, I think, because, yeah, he'll have a point to prove to Stoke, there's no question, and particularly Mark Hughes. Yeah, just just on Mark Hughes there, um, I mean, he's, is he, presumably, he's the second longest serving manager in the league. Um, can you see that continuing for much longer? Is he, is he kind of, to him and the Stoke fans and the Stoke owners still have a good relationship? Yeah, um, there are a lot of grumbles against him. Um, not from the owners, they always stuck by him and, and they're not uh, trigger happy here as you can tell from their record over the years. Homegrown owners um, that know, know the league and know the football well. Um, but there were a lot of grumbles from fans. It's been a pretty average 18 months really since they got knocked out of the League Cup semis January t- where are we, 2016. So since then, it's it's been hard going. They've had a few beatings as well, heavy beatings. Um, and we sort of entered the summer crossing our fingers really hoping they'd get it right in the transfer market hoping they'd get off to a good start despite a, a pretty horrendous looking fixture list first three home games Arsenal, Man U and Chelsea which is still to come but they got off they got off to a good start they lost at Everton narrowly but since then beaten Arsenal and drew with United Saturday uh, and are playing some good stuff and the new signings to a man really have all settled in pretty well four or five of them 
So the attitude towards Mark users and is changing. I won't say it's changed completely yet, but it's moving in the right direction for him as far as the fans are concerned. Yeah, and the new signings you've alluded to there seem to have um, caught the eye. Um, I know the the lad who you got in from PSG. Uh, I think he scored against, or he certainly did very well on his debut against Arsenal. I think. Have they? Have the they? Winner, yeah. Yeah. Have they? Have they really kind of improved the side from last season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, a, there's a cutting edge about them. Goals, I think, will still be a problem long term, but they're tightened up at the back. He's playing with three centre halves. Brought in Kurt Zuma, who's been magnificent on loan from Chelsea. Bruno Martins Indies come back after being on loan last season, and Kevin Vim has come in from Tottenham. Uh, plus, your you're hardy perennials like um, Ryan Shawcross. So he's gone with three centre halves. The wing back situation is a bit of a concern long term. Um, for instance, he's got Manjuf playing right wing back. This is a guy who was bored as a striker three years ago and has gradually moved back further and further and now he's playing wing back. But they look a lot tighter defensively. Jack Butman in goal speaks for himself. Um, but it, it's up front where there's still a concern, but so far so good. Hesse, who I suppose you could say was the replacement for Yosselu, another Spaniard came in, as you say, from PSG, got off to a flyer, that winning goal against Arsenal. Would have scored it on Saturday, actually. I don't know if you've seen the save from David De Gea. Even by his standards, that was that was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I did see it, yeah. Um, and then the other guy, Max Chupamoting, we've actually shortened his name. <laughs> to get it in headlines, and he got both goals on uh, Saturday. So he's hit the, hit the ground running as well. So, so far, so good, but we don't get carried away. You know, this is the 10th year in the Premier League, so we, we, we're quite experienced. We know how difficult it is uh, down here. And um, we know it's early days yet, but they've got that good start. We were worried that they'd come out of the first five, six fixtures with two, three points and be under pressure from the start. And it can be very difficult to claw your way back after that. But uh, so far, as I say, so good. Yeah, and the the long-term plan for what you know or what you think that the owners have got for the club, is it is it like they say a lot of pundits say that um, there are 12 or 13 teams in the Premier League who just want to get to 40 points and then see how high they can finish. Is that still the plan from the owners or, or maybe are they they're trying to kind of establish themselves in that top 10? Well, the, the owner's a very um, pragmatic man, Peter Coates. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he would say that that always has to be the priority. You maybe don't always state it publicly um, because you want to show more ambition than that. But I think you've got to be realistic. Stoke are the size of a club where they can always get sucked into relegation trouble if they had a bad summer window, if they had bad injuries. And as I say, we, we entered this season fearing, you know, deep down, but there was a fear there that they could be in real trouble this season. And, and those fears are lifting now. But I think you have to be realistic. And every season you have, you have to say, perhaps under your breath, 40 points and then push on. Um, push on to what? <laughs> is the question. Um, I suppose the next target is to get back in the Europa League. They had one campaign there courtesy of being FA Cup losing finals actually back in 2011 it would be nice to qualify on merit as some might say by finishing high, high enough in the league but you're talking 6th or 7th and you know that's a big Astro club like Stoke but it doesn't stop on trying yeah and so I suppose moving on to the game this this weekend um, you mentioned wing backs there uh, I, I know Swansea um, played 3-5-2 in that previous game and then went back to a flat back 4 against us at the weekend whether that was because of injuries or, or a tactical switch I don't know either way obviously it didn't work 
Um, is, is Hughes definitely stuck on that formation for the season, or are you, are you thinking there might be a bit of flexibility there? Well, you can't say for the season that he's got flexibility to do, well, play any kind of formation he wants, but certainly this weekend, Alex, I, I don't see any reason for him to change. As I say, the, the three centre-halves, and given the personnel he's got, um, have been the bedrock of the team, really. He builds from there. So I, I'd be amazed if he changed from that. So it's, it's pretty much... Not going to be a lot different from the 11 that started against United. I mean, it feels like a win, really, drawing it home to them because they'd obviously got off to a flyer. But given how well Stoke played and the end result, barring, barring injuries, I don't see any, any great change to that 11. And and how do you see the game going this weekend? Do you, do you think Stoke have got a good chance of picking up the win? Yeah, easy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, I'm not going to throw the usual cliches at you about being an intimidating place and all that. Actually, I'll be interested to see what the atmosphere is like because the last couple of visits, it's not been the St. James's Park, I remember. Obviously, you, you've got your problems or had your problems up there with the owners and what have you. So I'll be interested to see just what the atmosphere is like. But it's not, I wouldn't have thought a great time for a team to be going up there when you've just won two on the trot. I'm, I'm assuming the fans and the players would be up for it. So it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough afternoon for Stoke. But I'm hoping they're going to be difficult to break down. I'm hoping they've got enough pace and power going forward, if not catching Newcastle on the break, at least turning them around a time or two uh, and nick a goal here and there. So certainly they'll go for the win, but I'm not going to pretend it's going to be easy, not for Stoke. Nice one, Martin. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, thanks very much, and hopefully we'll speak to you again uh, for the return fixture. My pleasure as well. Good luck for the season. Cheers.